0: Crimology. Now we're super excited for this episode for a couple of reasons, but the first one is we have our first official guest. Her name is Lorsa, and Lorsa is Stephen's sister in law. Hi guys. We're so <laughs> excited to have not only our first guest, but Lorsa specifically. Lorsa is basically team member number 3 of criminology.
1: She's the secret secret uh, weapon. Secret weapon. Yeah, it's good for criminology. <laughs> she
0: sends us uh different cases in our group chat and she's actually been someone that we've covered like we've covered a case that she sent already. So, we're super excited to have her. Excited to be here. So, this case is one that I know we're all super excited about to do here. Um I want to be careful with the words that I use because this is a case that's still going. It's a still open case, but I'm going to be as bold to say that this is the case that like it says in the title, this is the case that started it all for us here at Crimology. This is a case that is very close to home for us. It happened in a town that me and Steven went to college in. It's a town that we've lived years of our life in. Um, it happens up on a hill by Tinkiller Lake here, We're close to where we're at. We went to a restaurant one day called Soda Steves. and we passed by this house and there's a giant like missing person sign outside in this front person in this person's front lawn. And so of course, then we see the sign, we go to dinner. The rest of the dinner, we're doing nothing but looking up articles about this person. And just
1: talking about it and all our theories.
0: And then we come back to Steven's house and we're now laying on her his living room floor, just sharing articles, passing our phones around, talking about what we think happened. So that's why we wanted Lorsa on this episode specifically was because she was involved in that. So we're just going to get right started with it. This is probably going to be our longest episode ever. Um, So we're just going to jump right in and we're just going to get started. So this case is about Stephen Adams.
1: Not the Thunder Basketball. Former Former. Thunder Basketball. Right,
0: right. Different different guy. (laughs) So it was Monday, December 13th, 2004. 2004. Stephen finished one of his final exams at Northeastern State University, the same university me and Stephen went to. After his exam he had plans to travel to his mom's house in Webersville and Weber's Falls. So the between a different articles said different times but he leaves the university somewhere between 10:30 and 11. I know that's kind of a long time but somewhere in there's when he leaves. His girlfriend at the time calls him and then that's when he tells her that he's also dropping somebody off in Keys on his way to his mom's. So to give you a little bit before we get deeper in the story about the map of all of this, if you're unaware. So Tahlequah is as far... So so we'll start in Tahlequah. Weber's Falls is maybe about 40 minutes from Tahlequah. And then Keys is like smack dab in the middle of Tahlequah to Weber's Fields. Um, So... It's on his way. So Keith is on his way. So whoever it is, it's not like out of his way. But he never mentions to the girlfriend who it is. And in one article I read, she calls him when they're already on the road. So I can understand not digging for details because if my boyfriend's already on the road, like I'm not going to be like, well, who is he? What's his name? What's his address? Because then that just puts him in a weird position. Anyways, so they're already on the road somewhere between 1030 and 11. On the drive to Keys, a phone call was made to Steven's phone that hit a cell tower in Keys. So that does put him around that Keys area. The phone call lasted just a couple of seconds before it hung up. So not a whole lot happens on that phone call. After that phone call, all calls went straight to voicemail. So this phone call happened between we'll say 11 and eleven thirty. so now there's a lot of so there's a lot of times in between these but articles said different things so 30 minutes between each thing
1: and you also got to remember this is back you know over 15 years ago so the cell towers and like that type of technology is not even close to where it is right. now so it's yeah. it's a lot harder to ping phones back then than it is now right um and kind of going through that area There is spots in there even now where it's, there's not the best cell service. So that could maybe mean, um, um, you know, it, 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 it timed out or, or he hit a dead spot. Right.
0: So talking about the last time Steven was actually seen, he was seen at a convenience store in Cookson. So now at this point, he is alone. So he doesn't have that person that he drove to Keys. And so Keys is ma- is just a couple minute drive, or Cookson is just a couple minute drives from Keys. So it's close enough that he could have dropped that person off, still making his way down to his mother's. So he's seen at this gas station. He goes in, buys himself a drink, and then he walks out. And from what witnesses say, he looked upset. He kind of stood around for a couple of minutes and kind of did his own thing before he got in his truck again alone. And he basically headed back towards Tahlequah. So now he's redirecting. He's no longer going south. He's now going back north. So this is just one of the things where it starts to go kind of cuckoo.
1: And I remember reading one of those articles of, it said that, People that saw him there at that gas station in Cookson, he was—he seemed upset or Mm -hmm. mad. Or so there was some phone call that he got there that something—that's something set him off, or whatever was said on that phone call kind of kind of messed up.
0: Now we're going to leave this part of the story. We're going to go back to Tahlequah. In Tahlequah, there was a man that was sitting in a Dollar General parking lot the morning Adams went missing he arrived to the store about 7 50 in the morning and he stayed until around 11 so when someone questioned him he said that he was waiting for somebody that he was a construction worker and he was working in keys now this is the same town that Stephen's supposed to be dropping somebody off in is that just coincidence
2: I I really think that it's not a coincidence in my own opinion. I think it's important to know that the Dollar General was also just like right down the road from Adam's apartment that he was living in at the time. So for him to have like been there that morning and the guy that was there was um, reported to have been just like waiting in the parking lot. Like he was waiting on someone. That's what witnesses reported. He was just sitting there like he was waiting on someone to show up didn't really know like what went on no one ever saw him go into the dollar general and buy anything and then just after Adams left he was gone so, so... coincidence
1: well and it's, <laughs> and it's it's also weird to me I mean if you think about it that if you know they, they leave there at like 11 uh-huh. if he gets there at if that guy gets there at seven fifty, typically you know finals are two hour blocks right uh-huh. so that's so theoretically his test would have been from eight o'clock to 10 50. Mm-hmm so that would that would connect right at least With the, the that's when they yeah. Yeah, time frame of when they leave or when he calls his girlfriend at the time right at 11 say hey i'm taking someone keys but that also would back it up because that his apartment uh where he his apartment complex is literally like just a couple blocks mm-hmm. from the school so i mean it would take him no time at all right and so to to get there to the school so from I mean, with that guy being there at 7.50, I mean, that's just like, okay, yeah, he ain't here. Right. All right, this whatever this is happening can get started.
2: Right. And something else that I found kind of odd about this case, but useful information when we find out more in depth a little bit later, is that Stephen left all of his personal belongings, like his money he had asthma i believe like he left his inhaler medications he left all of that stuff in his apartment like he was not planning to be gone very long wherever he was going even though we know he was planning to go visit his mom like he obviously had to have had plans to go back to his apartment or right. else he wouldn't have just left all of that stuff there that was a necessity for him
0: right so this is all of the information we have from the day Stephen went missing. So now we're going to talk about some stuff that may have led up to his disappearance, question mark. So some information about Stephen. He was in the middle of a custody battle with his ex-wife, Alicia. They were in battle for custody of their daughter, So he was fighting for just custody of her or at least permission just to see her. The reason they were in battle was because Stephen was charged twice with molesting a child. But both times the charges were dropped due to not having enough evidence to take the case to trial. So the battle had been going on for about two years. But there was an important meeting that was supposed to happen just days before days after Stephen went missing. So again, coincidence?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of um, red red right, lines. Flags. That, yeah, red red flags, flags
2: showing up everywhere.
1: And, and lines that are already I mean, we're even, we're just a, barely into the right. story and there's stuff yeah. that's already started right. to
0: connect. Right. So a few weeks after Stephen's disappearance, his family starts receiving phone calls and they're saying, if you don't stop looking into the disappearance, somebody's gonna get hurt somebody's gonna be harmed something's gonna happen so again weird and but the, obviously this doesn't stop the family because they still have that huge sign still outside in their driveway mm-hmm. years later so obviously that's a big haha come at us yeah. <laughs> to whoever was calling
2: and even his father was the one who later in the investigation um was the one who petitioned for the grand jury hearing that they had on this case. So obviously they're like, okay. (laughs) Yeah, real threat, but not taken.
0: Right. So the grand jury hearing happens in July of 2011. Well, he petitions for the hearing in July, and they get their wish in September of that same year. So the people in the jury, they heard about 60 testimonies, and the jury ends up coming back and saying – that Steven Adams was a victim of a homicide and that his body would be found somewhere in Eastern Oklahoma. And they even went as far to say that somebody who testified was involved and they weren't telling the truth, but the jury wasn't sure who. So the fact that you hear now 60 people is a lot and trying to break 60 people down into, essentially one person who committed this crime is crazy. So they do come back and say somebody here is lying and somebody here did it. So that's kind of, eh. but I mean, we you've got to know that somebody close did this. Yes. So
2: especially, I think it was hard for the grand jury to kind of decide what was going on because there was such a lack of physical evidence. Like I think there was one article that stated Steven's truck was found, but Everything else that we've read says that it was never recovered. recovered. They never found Stephen's wallet. They never found anything that he would have had with him that day. And they also have never found Stephen, whether that be him still living today or as the grand jury decided, they have never found his body. So it's a big question mark as to what happened, where it happened. But they know that something happened and are confident that it was a homicide. Right. So. Well,
1: and even on that, too, of, like, none of his credit cards or any of his bank financial, anything like that, right. none of that has even been touched. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, clear. I mean, you don't want to jump to any conclusions, but knowing stuff like that. Like, right. That's got to almost be an assumption of like, okay. And and,
0: and like, again, going back to he left all of his stuff at his house and right. like none of his credit cards are being used. So that's like, it's not like he just up and left. Yeah. I think one of the first things I, th- well, we'll get into that later. Mm-hmm. I was going to talk about my theories, but we'll talk about our theories at the end.
2: And something else that I think is important evidence wise to this case is that um, as we stated earlier, it was at the point in the semester where Stephen was taking final exams and the bookstore at Northeastern, which is the college he was attending has record that his books were sold back to the bookstore, but they have no record of who brought the books back and who received the money for them. Right. So it's not even known that it was Stephen who brought his books back. So if it was someone that maybe was involved in his disappearance, did they, take his truck that he probably would have had a school bag in after taking his final exam and sell those books back for money or, you know, that's, that's a big question mark too. So. So
0: some more information that came from the petition was that Alicia Adams, she took a polygraph test and she ended up failing it when asked about her involvement in the Adams disappearance and possible murder. Now I Did a deep dive last week. We did a deep dive on cremations. This time I did a deep dive on polygraph tests. And so we talked in another case about a polygraph test and I want to go into details about polygraphs because we'll just go into our deep dive. In all States, except California, Arizona, Nevada, Georgia, and Florida, you can't use a polygraph test in court. The only way you can use a polygraph test in these five states is if both parties agree, but it rarely happens. So polygraph tests are, they're not used in court. Innocent people can fail a polygraph test. So like I said, in our first episode, we talked about the wife who failed a polygraph test. So in our heads, you fail a polygraph test, like you're, that's it. You're the person who did it. But the fact that innocent people can fail a polygraph test, that's why they're not used in court. So I wanted to give this information out because it's information we knew um, and it's information that's out there on all of these articles. So I wanted to give you this information that she fails this polygraph test. But if this was a court, we would never know that information. So I just wanted to throw that out there and my little deep dive on polygraph tests.
1: It's a little error, errors and omissions from our right. uh, from, from episode <laughs> one.
0: Alicia's father also made it known that he was not a fan of Stephen, very much not no. to the point that in one of their many meetings for custody, he shouted that he would kill Stephen himself because he one hundred percent believed that his daughter, he one hundred percent believed his daughter when she said that Stevens had molested their daughter so again just some more information that we know just gonna throw it out there that the dad didn't like her didn't like him so just a little bit
2: and I think that I read in a few articles that Alicia's father also failed polygraph tests when asked about the disappearance and possible homicide so father and daughter failing polygraphs now that I mean, is that coincidence? Little, little sketch in my opinion, even though they can't be used in court, but right. still, I mean, two we people, know. So yeah, little sketch.
0: Two more people that came to light with the petition petition is Ronnie Meachling and Rick Esminger. So we'll go into detail about these. Ronnie is said to be the person that Stephen gave a ride to the morning. He went missing during all of this. Ronnie was in jail for another crime. He committed he ended up writing, writing a threatening letter to his girlfriend at the time saying not to say anything about Adams.
1: Suspicious. <laughs> just just a, a lot. A
0: little tiny. Right. You know? Rick's name is involved because I, it, it didn't give a whole lot of detail, but somehow he was telling people around town that he saw Adams and he was beat to death and that Ronnie was involved. So again, I don't know much about Rick. I tried to Google him, but there's other Rick Meechlings in the world. So I couldn't really find a whole lot of information about him. So I don't know who he was in the town. But I guess he's just somebody who, maybe the town gossip, who was just going around and saying that he saw Adams was beat to death. And then that's how he knew Ronnie was involved. So, and, and like we talked about with the truck, I found an article that said the truck was found along the Illinois River. Again, the Illinois River is huge, and there's it so runs, many.
1: Yeah, it, it runs a very long distance. Right. At, at around, well, yeah, kind of outside of Tahlequah. So, there's, it, it basically kind of runs into the lake. Right. Almost. So, and.
0: There's tons of places it could have been parked, and it could have stayed parked there for ever and so but there's just a lot of articles that kind of what's the word that kind of cancel each other out there's some articles where you see information right other other articles there's no information so that's all the information we have and so now we're going to do just like we did on steven's living room floor and we're going to talk about what we thought happened on Um, this day and what we think Happened. Kind of
1: our theories, and and we might even sprinkle a little bit more information as we kind of we'll kind of go back through right. some of that stuff we looked through. But
2: and now a quick break to thank the following sponsors. So I definitely feel like my opinion on this case is that Adams was a homicide, just like the grand jury ruled. Um, I strongly believe that his ex-father-in-law had something to do with it like you you don't just threaten someone at a meeting where you're discussing (laughs) the custody of your granddaughter and tell them that you're going to kill them especially I could maybe understand it if you know Stephen was found guilty for molesting his grand for his daughter but you know like if he two times it was dismissed so there's no way that you know, I mean, I would hope that our justice system was doing right. the right thing and finding him not guilty of those charges. But you don't just you don't just yell right. that at your son-in-law, Especially, you know? Especially, <laughs> yeah,
1: at a court hearing like that, you don't yell something. I mean, really, you right? shouldn't yell anything, let's be real. But, I mean, you really, I mean, even if you do really mean that, then like...
0: You don't yell something like that and then be like, what i'm a A suspect suspect? me
2: no no what can i do you know and i feel like so the guy that we mentioned earlier that was at that dollar general the morning that adams went missing um they the fbi got involved in this case and released a composite sketch of him And you can find that sketch, if you just Google this case, like, it will pop up. Like, the grand jury, all of the paperwork on this case will pop up. And this man has been released. A description of what he was wearing and the truck that he was driving have also been released. But he's never been found. And I feel like if we find this Dollar General man, as he has been termed, we can unlock a lot of answers about this case. Right. I really don't feel like Adams just picked up and left his life. Like we said, his bank accounts have never moved. Like he left all of his personal items at his house. His truck has never been found. And his exam went well. He was at a good spot with his new girlfriend. I just, I mean, I just really don't feel that he was a candidate for just right. up and leaving his life. And the grand jury obviously agrees with me in saying that he was obviously a victim of a homicide and they feel that he's located somewhere up here in Northeastern Oklahoma where he went missing. So, I mean, that's my opinion. Not, not telling, you know, law enforcement <laughs> that they're, right. they're wrong about everything, but.
0: I feel like we're all on the same page with that. I feel like what we all think is that it's, the ex-wife and the dad i feel like we're all kind of on that same boat the only other thing that i could think of and this is like small town movie like i feel like every crime small town movie they make this kind of what happens and it's the i mean just the fact that he now he was never charged with child molesting but you put that title on somebody and like You have that title for life. Mm -hmm. So I feel like another option that could happen is that people in this small town just were like, no, we don't deal with child molesters. Get rid of them. Um, And that maybe, I don't know, police knew about it. I mean, it's hometown, small town, Oklahoma. You get the title of child molester on you. You could have a bunch of wood people that come out of the woods (laughs) to get rid of you and you're never seen again the redneck we've got so much (laughs) lake and river out here that there are probably thousands upon thousands of bodies out there and Mm -hmm. we'll never find them you could also if you know exactly where the pigs are you throw the body out there have the pigs at him so i mean there's just so he's definitely gone which is unfortunate but i think that's we can all agree that he's definitely gone And, I mean, I think that's the only other option that I can think of besides the ex-wife and the dad. But I think we're all kind of on that same boat.
1: Yeah, there's definitely a lot of connections that lead back to that group. Um, And so it's, I mean, there's a lot of stuff to me that is, um, you know, kind of... Um, it's i mean obviously it's all suspicious but i mean like there's a lot of stuff that you know it's boom 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 just all in a row like Mm -hmm. it all should line up exactly how we think it does right um now to kind of go back to what we were talking about um that the guy that was the dollar journal man as we'll call him was um the i was Doing a little research here, um, and the Dollar General where his where Stephen's apartment was, it's literally there's there's a Dollar General up front, kind of on the road, and then right back by the right, actually back behind there is his apartment. Right, so you I mean, you can like
0: see his apartment from oh, the yeah. store. Oh yeah, you could
1: you could easily be sitting out front, um, of the Dollar General, quote unquote, waiting for somebody, like the like this guy said he was and be keeping an eye out for right so i mean and to me i mean and and the the funny thing is i, I went and, uh, i read a a reddit a th- thread from reddit and it said uh this this the dollar general guy was um th- they're basically describing half the people in eastern oklahoma <laughs> right i mean so they, there's a lot of of interesting things. So, um, but yeah, I mean, this is one and they've searched there's there's been multiple places they have actually searched for bodies that they got tips right. from. Yes. And one of them's actually here in Fort Gibson, um kind of over by the fort. they so um but I mean, there's so much not even not even bodies of water that they could so go much from, but there's hunting. so many just just land out, out right. especially down there in the like the Cooks area. I mean, there's just Just hundreds and hundreds of acres out there. And,
0: I mean, we're talking 40 minutes of area now, not necessarily 40 minutes because he wasn't seen all the way in Weber's Falls. But from here to Cookson, I mean, that's a good amount of area. Mm -hmm. And so he could be found anywhere in there, which that's a whole whole lot of land.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, going from from Keys to Cookson, it's probably like a 10, 15-minute drive, probably somewhere in there. But, I mean – I mean, even at that, I mean, it's still. um,
0: And you've got a whole lot of area, a whole lot of land. So he's somewhere in there. And I mean, you don't even have to take our word for it. The jury said it themselves.
1: So, and, and I guess really that's the one. And I mean, like, like you were saying, Sam, like we've all kind of got the same idea of, okay, this is probably what happened. Right. Now I've seen some other theories of, you know, and going, going back from Cookson to Keys, I mean, I don't know what the weather was like that day. But right. I mean, I have seen some theories of, you know, maybe he just drove off the, he was going too fast or right. something and went off the road or, or something like that. But I mean. You'd find the truck. You would yeah. You would find the truck at some point. Right. Because there's, there's a lot of those places where, I mean, it, it goes down a significant cliff. But, I mean, it's nothing like where the truck would just be...
0: And this is a case where you know exactly where he's going. Like, you know, this isn't like Sam went out for a drive and she never came back because then I could be anywhere. But we know specifically where he's going, so that would give anybody who went looking for him a direct area of where he was going. So just those facts alone, I think this is definitely... Somebody got involved and did what they thought they needed to do
2: maybe playing a little bit of devil's advocate over (laughs) here um as we mentioned kind of back towards the beginning when Adams was seen on that surveillance footage at the convenience store and he was alone instead of heading continuing on his way towards Weber's Falls turned back towards Tahlequah Maybe whatever happened at that convenience store, maybe he had like a fight with the guy he was supposed to be dropping off in Keys because obviously that guy never made it to Keys. Right. You know, if Steven turned back around and went went back towards Tahlequah. But I mean, maybe if we could figure out what happened at that convenience store, we could find Dollar General Man. I think all (laughs) of our issues would be solved. Maybe even, um, I think at this point, like, even if we do find Stephen Adams' body at some point, I know the recent push for his case, like, they are definitely doing a lot more investigating into it um, recently. But even at this point, if we were to find his body, I don't think that even DNA evidence could help us at this point. I I don't know that there would be any left. Clothing-wise, maybe if we found his truck, we could find something for the guy that he was supposed to give a ride to. But
0: yeah, I mean,
2: who knows? Yeah.
0: So those are our theories. You guys let us know what you think. Um, I mean, this is just one of those cases, you know, people talk about cases that stick with you. And I'm going to say that this is a case that sticks with me, not because of any of the details of the case, really. But I guess it's just because of how the case came to be known for us. I mean, we were just going out for a nice dinner <laughs> and then all of this happens. And then not only and then that's what kind of pushed us to do the podcast. Um and so that's I mean, I think that's why this case will always stick with me because it happened in the town we've spent years of our life in and we still go to often we still have friends who live there. Um and just the way it came about. So I was super excited for this episode.
2: There is also a $5,000 reward, by the way, that Adam's family is offering. I think (laughs) it might even be more than now. It's a $25,000 reward, actually, that is up for any information that can lead to, you know, discovering what happened or maybe even where Stephen Adams is at this point. So if
0: you know anything and that's not a good enough reason to go ahead. Then you've got a better life than I do. (laughs) I can use that. But anyways, that was episode five. So I want to thank Lorsa again for being here and being part of this episode. This is some, this is an episode I wanted to do um, week one, but instead we wanted to wait for Lorsa to be here. Um, And so Thank you for being here and we're super excited.
2: Thank you guys for letting me join in.
0: So don't forget to, don't forget to give our podcast a rating on whatever streaming platform you're listening to. Preferably
1: five stars. Right. That yeah. would be preferred. We, we don't like any low stuff. We like uh, leave to that five. to yourself. Yeah, keep it to yourself if it's below five.
0: Um, if you've got crime suggestions, you can email us at crimeologypod at gmail.com. Um, and now we're gonna do our Florida Man Minute, which is Stephen's time to shine. Um, the Florida Man Minute is a segment that we do where you Google a random date along with the words Florida Man, and you just kind of laugh at the crazy case that comes up. So I'm gonna pass it on to Stephen.
1: So this one actually, since Lorsa was, since Lorsa's on this podcast, she actually sent this one in to us, and man, it's. It's a short one this week, but, man, it's it, this might be peak Florida right. Man for us. Um, so this comes to us from February 23rd of 2016, so just about five years ago. Um, I'll, I'll read the headline, and uh, we can talk about this one, actually. Yeah. Um, so Florida Man Arrested for Reportedly Tossing Gator into Wendy's. So this comes to us from Jupiter, Florida. Um, A man was arrested for throwing a live alligator into a Wendy's restaurant, um, according to the uh, WPTV uh, down there. Um, Joshua James, 23, he was charged with aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, illegally killing, possessing, or capturing an alligator. I'm just going to take a moment right there. That's a crime, apparently, in Florida. Capturing an alligator. Capturing... Possessing or illegally killing. That one, that's a new one. That's a that's pretty great. I laughed so
0: hard at just the title alone.
1: <laughs> so, um, and then he was also charged with a second-degree larceny, uh, petty theft. Um, um, so basically, he uh, what they told uh, what the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission told uh, WPTV that James pulled up for his order, and after the server handed a drink and turned around, James then tossed the three and a half foot gator through the drive-through window. So that's that's basically that's the gist of the article. So I mean, so not only did he just throw an alligator in there he ordered something right <laughs> he ordered at least a drink that's just that's the part that's wild to me of where he actually had you know he had planned
0: the au- <laughs> <was
1: like>, right. <laughs> and the at least the or even had the audacity just to oh yeah i'll take a a number one with a with a diet coke and then um oh yeah here's, here's an, an alligator al- here's alligator for pain <laughs> So, oh but yeah i just that that one was like i said lorsa brought that one up this week and i just wait we, we had had to do <laughs> that one so, so but yeah so that's uh that's the florida man minute for this week
0: and that was episode five so probably one of my favorites and will go down as one of my favorite episodes that we've done and
1: and hopefully, you know, hopefully for, for this, for the sake of this case, this is one that we'd really like to do a follow-up episode on. If something right. ever happened, if something right. does ever happen, this is 100%. We will be we'll, right on
0: there. Like reporters will we, be there. The... It might
1: even have to be like a live podcast. <laughs> right. A
0: phone call. <laughs> phone right. call episode. Set your Google <laughs> alerts, people. <laughs> it's coming. But yeah, that's it. So we'll post pictures and some source material, as always, on our Facebook page. Um, Make sure to follow our social medias when that bonus episode comes out so you guys can be aware. Um, Thank you guys again, just continuing to listen to us. Our listeners have gone up so much in the last couple of weeks, and it's so much fun to watch it we've got someone who watched from all different areas.
1: Hold on. Um, your mom pointed this out to me and you just said it too. You said watched.
0: I said listening that time. And you said
1: watched, but whatever.
0: <laughs> Thanks for watching us. Thanks for listening to us. Whatever. Same thing, <laughs> <laughs> but just shout out to y'all. We've got different people from all over the state who are listening and
1: so and even in the country and actually we had one person listening from england so, so
0: shout thank out you. england yeah. to worldwide podcast. <laughs> so just thank you so much obviously we're having such a fun time doing this um if you want to be in the hot seat give us an email give us a case we would love to have you on um and just thank you guys so much for having so much fun so like always my name is sam i'm steven and this is Lorsa. And this is Crimology.